Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and today's podcast is a recording of a group discussion between myself and our other providers at our Montana clinic in discussing neuropathy and the way that laser therapy can work to address the symptoms of neuropathy, as well as the mechanisms of how laser therapy works with the mechanisms of nerve damage itself. It was a fun discussion, and I hope you can listen in and benefit. Any questions, make sure you let us know. You can email us, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're interested in the programs and learning more about how to treat disorders like neuropathy, you can also find more information on our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. So I'm um, going to be talking about a an article called Mechanism of Diabetic Neuropathy, Where Are We Now and Where Do We Go? Uh, from the February 2011 edition of the Journal of Diabetes Investigation, which I have never heard of. Can you believe that's eight years old now, nine years old? Right? It seems like 2011 is not far in the past. Yeah. Well, article starts off with just a quick introduction. It says, peripheral neuropathy is the most common and intractable complication of diabetes. Um, prevalence ranges 7% within one year of diagnosis to 50% um, in uh, more than 25 years from diagnosis. So most patients with diabetes will get it. Um, but they do say that if you include patients with subclinical levels of neuropathic disturbance, then the prevalence might even exceed 90%. So most patients are going to have some kind of neuropathy, neuropathy if they have diabetes. And they go on to say, too, that the presence of cardiovascular autonomic neuropathy dramatically shortens patients' longevity and increases mortality. Cardiovascular. So that's an interesting... We don't usually think about neuropathy in terms of the cardiovascular effects, but um, it's not just pain in the fingers and the, and the, and the feet. So um, the reason why I wanted to get into this one a little bit was just to talk about kind of the mechanisms or how this works. I'm going to get a little bit nerdy for just a few minutes, but... Yeah, I think it's important because there's we don't I don't think any of us got much education on neuropathy in school, um, or yeah, almost nothing. So not enough for sure. If you take four quarters of neuroanatomy, <laughs> no clinical information on neuropathy. Right. Yeah. It's wild. Mm-hmm. So uh, the vascular supply in peripheral nerves is sparse, and blood flow is likely to be compromised and lacks autoregulation. This system makes peripheral nerves vulnerable to ischemia. So they don't have that, uh, that easy feedback mechanism that you have in a lot of the muscles and organs for, for um, vascular control. It also says that innervation of the epineurial microvessels is involved in diabetes, resulting in impaired blood supply in diabetic nerves. So your, your, your blood vessels are controlled, in most cases, by nerve gates that will open or close those those vessels as needed. Um, and so these guys are saying that the innervation to those nerves, or sorry, the innervation to the vessels that run to the nerves themselves, that's part of the problem that really complicates um, uh, the damage in diabetic nerves. Endoneural microvessels show thickened and multi layered basement membranes, 
cell debris of parasites as well as disrupted endothelial cells and thus constitute salient structural changes in diabetic nerves. So damage to the actual microvessels, also damage to the nerves that control those microvessels, which combines to damage the vessels downstream. Right. So um, also because of the structure of a nerve, where you've got a very small cell body, very, very long distance to the axonal neurites, so the, the distal axons are innately too weak to support themselves for the long transport of nutrients nerve trophic factors, as well as other signals. Basically saying that if you damage those vessels that are feeding the, the axon itself, the cell can't continue to supply the rest of, of, the, of itself. Right. It's just too long. So that's why um, you can lose some level of blood flow um, to a muscle, but because it's so small, you don't, you don't have the same level of damage you do if you lose blood supply to a nerve. There's a lot of... Um, more information here. I'm not going to get into most of it, but um, it says this is this section is how does hyperglycemia actually lead to peripheral nerve injury? Well, there's the polyol pathway, which is talking about the metabolic cascade. If you interrupt the metabolism of the nerve, then there's this whole cascade of factors that happen. I'm, again, not going to get into that. But they go on to talk about glycation. So every component of nerve tissues can be excessively glycated in diabetic nerves. So deposition of those advanced glycation end products um, has been shown in every component of peripheral nerve tissues. And that in, exerts an injurious process in the endoneurium through direct toxicity to nerve tissues. So too much of the sugars um, produces these, these end products that are directly damaging and toxic to the nerves themselves. So that's one piece. Another piece is oxidative stress. So the generation of free radicals um, through that increased glycolytic process is a, is a big factor. Um, so uh, they do mention alpha lipoic acid in here, um, inhibiting neuropathy with antioxidants, because uh, antioxidants are what really limit the damage that free radicals can do. Um, so alpha lipoic acid has been used. They do say that hyperglycemia-induced mitochondrial changes include the release of cytochrome C. Now, with laser, we start talking about the activity of what laser works and how it works. We're talking about directly the activity of the mitochondria through cytochrome C oxidase. So if we can take this process, this oxidative stress process that's happening due to the hyper, um, hyperglycemic state, then you can reduce that oxidative stress by improving the function of the mitochondria and cytochrome C oxidase in particular is directly stimulated by 800 nanometer wavelength, which is one of the big ones we use. Cool. Is yes. that um, directly on the side of the nerve that's and the, the tiny vessels? Yes, but also upstream. I was just going to ask. Which is why it's so critical to work at least above the level of injury, not right. just at the level, but even starting at the cell body and coming the full length of the nerve. That's okay. why those neuro programs can start in the spine and come all the way down the legs. Okay. Yep, exactly. Um, that hyperglycemic state also results in reduced mitochondrial action excuse me, reduced mitochondrial action potentials, and then poor energy synthesis of ATP. ATP is your cellular energy packets. If you don't have enough, the cell kind of withers away or cannot repair, can even die. So again, though, with laser, we're directly stimulating the production of more ATP, which allows us to kind of counteract that process. 
talks about PKC activity, pro-inflammatory processes, trophic factors, a bunch of stuff we're not going to get into. Skip to the end. Okay. Um, this is interesting because they start talking about, okay, in conclusion, what direction are we going for treatment? Well, you know, um, alpha-lipoic acid is really good for trying to prevent uh, ongoing damage. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. Um, but also, very recently it was shown that autonomic neuropathy in the bone marrow impaired activation and migration of endothelial precursor cells, which might determine the fate of vascular complications. Basically, those endothelial, those endothelial precursor cells are really important for blood vessel repair. So if we're talking about blood vessels in general, I mean, this could have something to do with arterial hardening of the arteries as well. So, it, I mean, we don't, they don't make that connection here, but it, it very well could be a factor there. So not just in the nerves, but even through that cardiovascular um, bit that they talked about in the beginning, the cardiovascular autonomic neuropathy too can be a big factor. Huh. So um, they also say that the vagus nerve, which conveys signals for regeneration of islet, beta cells may be disturbed in diabetic patients so you know you can you can really end up you can have a, a neuropathy even of that particular nerve that predates the diabetes and then the diabetes just complicates that further once you get started so uh, to conclude they say neuropathy has long been regarded merely as a disorder of the most distal portion of the body but the effects of hyperglycemia on the nervous system have now been shown to be a much more serious condition neuropathy itself is an important trigger for systemic abnormalities in diabetic patients so as we already know critical to control sugar numbers if, if you've got an uncontrolled diabetic there's not even any point really in treating we can get started if they will commit to getting their sugars down but if they don't we're not just talking about loss of sensation we're talking about major systemic problems mm -hmm. okay so t just to be specific mm -hmm. he came in yesterday really flared up mm -hmm. and he's been flared up the entire time and he absolutely very first thing he said to me on his very first visit was my diabetes my sugar is not in control so <clears throat> and he's he told me yesterday, I'm skeptical. I don't think this is going to work. I've been here five times. Or I haven't noticed any differences at all. And so I was a little bit caught off guard because mm -hmm. I hadn't really seen him since then. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Anyway, um, but the more I thought about it, he, he really, just so anybody who sees him next, and I know it's a struggle. It's a real catch-22. He can't exercise because his back hurts. His back hurts because he can't exercise. The sugar's out of control. But if we can just pound that home on him yeah and I, I think he knows it but he's just frustrated because yeah. he just can't get there it's got to be very frustrating it's be. so and he's a bright guy i think he's yeah he is. He's, yeah yeah so if we could just whenever whoever sees him next night i'm sorry um We're we good. just need to continue to encourage him to get his sugar in control and that will have everything so agreed yes just to, yeah and it wouldn't even hurt to be like hey you know you can feel how bad this is in your feet yes that's obvious, you know, that's a big factor yeah. here, um, and back hurts and everything like yeah. that, but this is happening everywhere in your body. Yeah. This is not just happening down here. This is occurring to the nerves that go to your heart. This occurs to the nerves that go to your pancreas. Eyes. 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 I mean, all of this is very critical, and eyes. getting the sugars in control, we can work on you, and we can get your pain levels down, but you are going to have a lot of ongoing problems that are right. going to come back if we don't get the sugars under control. Right. Right. Think about how much damage it takes to finally feel something mm -hmm. right? right when they finally started noticing stuff mm -hmm. like right. about really the damage that you can't see deeper, right? that's exactly right yeah. even in here i gotta find it 
because exactly what you're saying. Um, they talk in here about um, they would go in, they were doing uh, testing where they'd go in and they would look at the nerves, uh, sorry, not the nerves, but the blood vessels that have been damaged. Yeah. And they would they saw that a percentage uh, with blood vessel damage had no neuropathy symptoms and a percentage did. Right. But if they followed those patients, all the patients who had the blood vessel damage ended up with eventually. overt symptoms yeah. eventually. It happened. It was already going on, just like you're saying. It's just they didn't sense it. It was right. brewing. It was brewing, yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people who didn't have the, the, the blood vessel damage going on right. didn't end up getting symptoms. So we know there's there's subclinical levels that can be happening. The patient may not even be aware of it, you know. So just because you started feeling diabetic neuropathy symptoms six months ago does not mean that it hasn't been going on for 5, 10, oh, 15 yeah. years. So um, alpha lipoic acid uh-huh. mentioned in the study. Um, this is something that they have cleared for use in Germany via IV for neuropathy. Yes, we cannot do that here in the States. It has not been cleared. However, we can do oral supplementation, which is not quite as effective, but still has a lot of good, good benefits. Um, this is an antioxidant. It's not a vitamin. It's not a mineral. It's, a, it's an antioxidant. It's been shown to improve nerve conduction. It restores vitamin E and C levels in affected tissues, and it has protective effects on both peripheral and central nerves. So even with stroke, they've shown that it can help prevent damage. And you're probably going to get into this, but when I do the day one, I mm-hmm. never talk about specific treatments. Nope. This, nutrition, nothing. Nope. We just kind of enter them into the yes. programs. But you go over this during your day two. Day two. Right? Okay, good. Day two. Because yep. I just want to make sure. I thought you did. Yes. I didn't know if you were doing that because that was part of the plan or because that was something I was leaving out. No, you know that's I mean? that. it's okay. too much for the day I think one. So too. It's I just think too so much. Too. But so, day okay. two, sit them down and say, this is what we're going to do. This is what you need to take. This okay. is how you need to eat. Good. You know, that's that's the whole point of the day two because by the time you get done with them, they already kind of know what we're going to be working on. Mm-hmm. They probably already had things explained well enough to them as far as how the process works, mm-hmm. but we want to make sure that they're they're on the right page. Right. This is where I do sometimes Good. fall down, and I don't get people on enough of this stuff. I hate putting people on supplements. I really do. Mm-hmm. But there are times, like with some of this stuff, yeah. you, just, you have to have everything going in your favor or you're not going to make it. This is the R-alpha form. It's a little bit different format. This is the form that they use in Germany in IV. Really? Yes. There is a uh, there is a there is just an alpha lipoic acid. It is not as effective from everything I've been able to see. So this particular oh, form is the one we want. It's R. R-alpha. Yeah. So it's the only one we carry. Okay. Um, but it's 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 really important for that. <clears throat> B vitamins are the other side of nerve repair. So um, B6 is specifically for nerve coatings, myelin. You can overdose, so you can't have too much. You don't want to do too much of the B1. Uh, This is five micrograms. That's well within safe safe, uh, dosages. Um, That's what I like about this one is that it's got good amounts of Bs, but it's not those sky high amounts that you'll see in like the Walmart thing. And this doesn't turn their pee bright yellow. So um, also B6 and B12, or I'm sorry, B1 and B12 um, are really important for nerve metabolism in general, which if you're talking about nerve repair, you've got to have good metabolism in the nerves. This has good amounts of both uh, B12 and B1, and then it's got that good amount of B6 as well. Um, I misspoke, actually. It's got 10, milligram, 10 micrograms of B6, sorry, which is still totally, totally a safe level. Um, is that sorry? Is that water soluble? Or yes, is okay. all the bees are water soluble. So you can, 
you can get rid of your extras pretty quick. And uh, lipoic acid also, same thing. Is it okay? Yeah, short time window for effect. Uh -huh. So it, you gotta, you gotta a lot of times take it a couple times Before a day. And you oh, gotta really? take it like every day. Yeah, and it doesn't build up in your system. The only okay. thing is with B6, you can overdose the body. It does get rid of it fairly quickly, but you can overdose and have some short-term negative effects, especially if you're on a very consistent high dose of B6, it can get kind of nasty. What are the negative effects of B6? They, it, they're just B6. like the effects of not having enough neuropathy. Oh, no, really? Yeah, That's so if you, it, there's some other things that go with that too. But most people are not on a super high dose B6 for a long period. You have to be on it high dose for a long period of time to really get any of those side effects. And if you go off of it, it goes away pretty quick. That particular one does have some probiotics too, so it helps with uh, uh, metabolism, just the body getting the bees in. So I really like this one. It's also really easy on the gut. So if somebody's got sensitive gut, that's why I carry this one. Is there anything wrong with people taking what they already have at home? No, that's fine. I'm not out here to get people to buy supplements. But if they're taking junk from Costco, sorry, it's probably not going to do very well. Another, the last thing that I'll leave you with is that it's important on nerve, on, on nerve damage to differentiate, at least in our minds, maybe even in the patient's mind, between you can have nerve damage and have a couple of different symptoms to go with that. One is nerve sensitization. Where if you have attack, if the myelin's been attacked, the nerve is more sensitized. It's going to carry more signals than it should. That's the prickly, sharp, spiky sensations of pain that they'll get. Mm -hmm. But as that nerve continues to go under more damage, or as the axon itself takes damage, mm -hmm. that's where you end up with numbness. You can totally have both. You can have one. You can have the other. You can have both. But as that changes, that's important to note because somebody can go from numbness to just a pin prickly, right. sharp, uncomfortable sensation. And that's not very pleasant, but that indicates that the axon is healthier, even right. if the myelin hasn't caught up yet. Right, being stimulated. Mm -hmm. right. So instead of the nerve just being deadened, right. now it's actually getting right. something, and so they're able to feel that. It's not fun, yeah. but it's an indicator the nerve's yeah. actually recovering. And it's short term, as long as we stay on the gas. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.